Looking ahead now, weekend of college football, as you know by now, Trey and I, we've already given our projections for what they are worth. So, Fast Lane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts to keep up with those. That includes our doubleheader of college football action this coming Saturday. It starts at 1.30 p.m., getting you set for NC State at Virginia Tech. And then game two of our college football doubleheader this coming Saturday, Florida at Missouri. And someone who will be on the call for that, you've heard him plenty on college football and even a little NFL action as well on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside, Chad Brown. Former NFL linebacker and All-Pro, two-time All-Pro, now an analyst for Compass Media Networks and gracious enough to join us here in the fast lane. Chad, thank you for your time. We hope and trust and pray that you and yours are well. Uh, We're at the point of the year now where you start to figure out where teams are in college football, differing levels of motivation. How do you assess where teams are with a couple weeks left in the regular season and get an idea of how focused they are, including what we've got for our doubleheader tomorrow, NC State at Virginia Tech, followed by your game of Florida at Missouri. Well, I think one way to assess this, and thanks for having me on, Ed, is when you look at the teams that you think of as good teams, do they play to their standards? Obviously, with the transfer portal, things have changed tremendously in college football. So the first couple of weeks of the season, it's almost impossible to get a read on a team because they're trying to incorporate all these new kids into a program. But by this time of the year, if you're a good team like, say, Missouri, does Missouri play to their level or do they play down to their opponent's level? So that's always the difference for me this time of year. Uh, have you established a standard as a football team, and are you beginning to play to your standard? Let's take a, a, a Alabama for an example. Obviously, they got that loss against Texas. They went through three different quarterbacks at the start of the season. But now that Jaden Milrose is beginning to hit his stride, Alabama is hitting their stride, and they are playing to their standard. So uh, you kind of got to throw out the first three or four weeks of the season now in college football, this transfer rule has just made it impossible to evaluate teams based off of that. We've got to look at how they're playing right now. And speaking specifically about my game, Missouri and the Missouri Tigers are playing some really good football right now. You mentioned Missouri, and they're playing really good. They've exceeded what many expectations have been. Uh, that's game two of our doubleheader this Saturday. First game is NC State and Virginia Tech, and the Hokies are kind of in a similar boat where they got a chance to win their game and become bowl eligible. With Missouri, a win in our second game would help them uh, cement their case as being worthy of consideration for a New Year's Six Bowl or at least one of those bigger New Year's Bowl games. How much does preseason perception and the chance to finish ahead of that motivate teams like Virginia Tech or, in the case of your game, Missouri, to keep going when you get to the end of the year, even if a conference championship is a distant possibility? Well, if you are looking at this uh, Missouri program and you are Coach uh, Drinkwitz, you've got to use that as motivation within your team. But it's got to be incredibly frustrating because – you know, when I've talked about people, talked to people about this game I've got this weekend, you know, they kind of, you know, dismiss it with a wave and a hand. It's like, no, 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 no. You, you're not really understanding how good this Missouri program is and how good they have been. In the last 10 years in SEC play, uh, they are ahead of LSU. They're ahead of Arkansas. They are ahead of Tennessee as far as 10 win seasons. If they win out this year, they'll put them, this will be their third 10 win season in the last 10 years. So their ability to stay ahead of those programs that we think of as college football blue blood has really just been amazing how they've flown under the radar. Chad Brown, 
analyst of college football, does some NFL coverage as well. He's with Westwood One, excuse me, Compass Media Networks, not Westwood One. Uh, apologies for getting that confused. As Chad Brown is with us here in the fast lane from Compass Media Networks, and he will be on the call for game two of our doubleheader on Saturday, Florida and Missouri. Uh, you referenced Missouri and being able to stay ahead of those blue blood teams with the transfer portal. How much easier or more challenging is it for programs like Missouri or you know others in our backyard, uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, those schools, to stay ahead of the Blue Bloods? Or is it easier now because you can be able to fill your roster in a more creative way, which, to their credit, Missouri is an example of a team. They've done that. Well, I, I think the transfer portal, you know, it can give and it can take away as, as well. So uh, the job of coaching staff have, have changed considerably from – say back in my day, which was, gosh, 30 years ago, where, you know, you had guys on campus and you had maybe one or two transfers in and out of the program a year. Now you've got to structure things where you are expecting a massive ton of transfers. It's almost free agency now in college football with this transfer rule. But when you get these kids on campus, you get them to transfer in, then you've got to get them and convince them to stay. You've got to get them on the field so they can play and hopefully play early to keep them excited about the program. You've got to find ways to pay these kids. NIL dollars are a tremendous motivation to move schools for some of these kids. So this process of retaining players through the transfer portal uh, is incredibly difficult. Uh, my team, the Colorado Buffaloes, up until this last year with Coach Prime, some of the best players in the Pac-12 this year were one-time Colorado Buffaloes. Jerry Rice's son, Brendan Rice, was a Colorado Buffalo before he left and went to USC, became one of their best receivers. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, who was drafted in the first round last year by the New England Patriots, was a cornerback for the Colorado Buffaloes before he went to Oregon. Both those guys left for greener pastures as far as playing opportunity, playing in bowl games, but they also left for greener pastures as far as NIL dollars. So that kind of illustrates you can bring kids on campus, and once they begin to show some promise, if you are not a program that is positioned to retain those kids, they're going to go where they can get more money and then get a, a better playing experience as well. Chad Brown, 94, on Twitter. Compass Media Networks on Saturday night as they'll have Florida at Missouri, game two of our Virginia Talk Radio Network college football doubleheader after NC State and Virginia Tech as Chad is gracious enough to give us some time here in the fast lane. Chad, you mentioned your program, the Colorado Buffaloes. The end of the season for Coach Prime in Colorado hasn't been nearly as smooth and fruitful, to the eye at least, as the beginning of the year when they were winning games, generating hype and a lot of attraction and interest on social media. How much did Coach Prime and his staff expect that to be the case, knowing that they had a real talented roster, but depth gets challenged over the course of the year, and presumably is uh, he aims to be there for a couple of years, more on that in a moment, uh, that when you don't have depth, that does start to show itself over the course of a year as it's done at Colorado. Well, I think Coach Prime you know, pulled, maybe the, pulled off maybe the greatest experiment in college football history to bring an 88 new players into the program in just one year. Since the end of last season, 88 new guys before the start of fall camp this year, 68 new scholarship players. That's an amazing turnover, maybe the greatest roster turnover in all of college football history. Um, and so to get those guys to come out hot and play together as well as they did early on, uh, I've got to give a tremendous tip of the cap to them. But since then, the realities of football have caught up. Recruiting offense and defensive line, I think every – experienced coach will tell you that's one of the most difficult things to do. So while Coach Prime was able to go out and get guys like Travis Hunter to be a cornerback wide receiver, that wide receiver room for the Colorado Buffalo 
maybe one of the best wide receiver rooms in all the country. Uh, Shador Sanders, his son, coming in and playing quarterback. There's talent at the skill positions, but unfortunately, they're lacking that up, up front on both sides of the football. And that's really been the factor in their slide here late in the season. They got Washington State this week. That's a winnable game. Washington State has slid back as well from some of their, from where they were a top 20 team earlier this season. But the chances for Colorado to get to bowl eligibility, which I think is the only way to keep all this momentum around the program going, they've got Utah last week of the season. That's going to be a tough one for them. Washington State, I can see a path for the Buffalo success. But against Utah, Kyle Winningham runs one of the best programs in the country. That would be a very uphill climb considering Utah is incredibly strong up front on the offensive and defensive lines, and that's where the Buffaloes are their absolute weakest. Chad Brown. Compass Media Network's analyst and at Chad Brown 94 on Twitter. By the way, love the top of the Twitter profile you have with the herd of elephants up there. That's a really cool photo to have. Uh, but you mentioned Coach Prime and the the end of year one. I, I know you've touched on this recently in some of your work, including with uh, Freddie Coleman and the group uh, that he has with ESPN Radio and their show about the idea of Coach Prime leaving after year one. How legitimate is that, or how much is that the product of, frankly, what Liberty University, which is also in our backyard, they're seeing with Jamie Chabwell at the end of his first year, which is when you make a splash and generate buzz, other people take notice, and therefore your name will pop up for openings, even if it's maybe not the most logical fit at that time. Well, I think when you look around college football and the guys like uh, Jimbo Fisher fired at Texas A&M, obviously Texas A&M has plenty of dollars. So considering there's a you know certain perception about Coach Prime, which may be warranted, maybe uh, unwarranted, but he did have released a song called It Must Be the Money. Um, when you got a program like Texas A&M who's in search for a coach, I think his name is going to come up and all that. So this ability for uh, Coach Prime and Colorado Buffaloes to stay connected, Rick George, the athletic director for Colorado, at the opening press conference for Coach Prime, talked about, I don't have the money to pay this guy. i got to figure out where this is all going to come from. Well, due to the Buffalo success, the number of eyeballs they've generated this year and apparel sales and all that, well, he's got the money. Now, CU doesn't have Texas A&M money to retain him. So it's really going to be down to, is Coach Prime comfortable? Is he happy with the situation? I think he seems to be quite happy in Boulder. His daughter's on the basketball team. Two of his sons play for the football team. So for him to just up and leave after one year, um, it doesn't seem like that would be the case considering how invested he is into that campus and the Boulder community overall. His mom lives there as well. So uh, to pick up the family, transfer kids uh, out of this school into another school, doesn't seem like it's likely, but I understand why that conversation is happening. Chad Brown, 94, Twitter, Compass Media Networks. is Chad Brown, former NFL All-Pro linebacker, Pittsburgh, Seattle, New England, uh, and of course at the University of Colorado as Chad is with us here in the Fast Lane. Chad, we've touched on motivation quite a bit here. Uh, that includes the JMU Dukes also in our backyard as the NCAA uh, the other day ruled against their postseason goals, meaning they might make it if not enough six and six or better teams qualify. JMU and Jacksonville State could get in. Do you see motivation impacting teams like that negatively or positively as a rallying cry? Uh, I think anytime you are slighted as a football team or football program, um, whether it's the NCAA, whether it's the national media, whether it's your opponent, that becomes motivational material for the better teams. Um, if, if your team does not quite have the culture, and it's difficult to imagine these teams don't have a good culture considering they're, they're winning ways, uh, then that team can begin to fall apart and can use the uh, lack of uh, recognition 
as a time to take their ball and go home and to turn down their efforts. So good teams find a way to use that as a chip on their shoulder and be willing to challenge anybody. We are good. We deserve this opportunity. And I think the NCAA has done those programs a disservice by their ruling. Wow. Strong words from Chad Brown as he has more of them at Chad Brown 94 on Twitter. Of course, he's on the call for game two of our Virginia Talk Radio Network triple doubleheader of college football on Saturday after NC State Virginia Tech. Chad's game is Florida at Missouri. Chad, we'll wrap it up with this. Kind of shift over to the NFL because you've got a background in there. You played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, among other organizations. But philosophically, kind of hit me the other day that, you know, there's a lot made of coaches in the NFL that have great X's and O's pedigree. Some of whom have had very successful tenures, like Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco and Sean McVay with the Rams. But maybe that's not always the case. Mike Tomlin and what he's doing in Pittsburgh this year. D'Amico Ryan's having a great debut year in Houston. Dane Campbell getting Detroit on the precipice of winning the NFC North, among others. Uh, how likely is it that we may start to see a shift in coaching hires to the NFL of less about X's and O's acumen or being an expert in that area and more about organizational skill sets, whether that's motivation, command of a locker room, and an organization and knowing how to relate to your players? I think if you're an NFL owner, uh, they seemingly try to follow trends. And for a while, if you had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, then you got a head coaching interview. And there's a number of Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, we'll call them disciples from an offensive play calling standpoint, that are scattered around the league. And some are having success and some haven't. But to go back to your point, there's more to running a football team than being able to get up on a whiteboard and draw up a, a great play. The guys you talked about, Mike Tomlin, Dan Campbell, D'Amico Ryans, Jamaica Ryan's been on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Mike Tomlin also on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you recognize that I don't have the skill set to walk in there and wow you with this, but I can build a consensus on my team. I can establish a culture of toughness like Mike, uh, Mike Tomlin and Dan Campbell have done. I, I can get my guys to buy into what I'm selling. I can create a, a culture and an atmosphere of positivity like D'Amico Ryan. So uh, there's more than just being able to draw a play to being an NFL head coach. And a lot of times the skills don't translate. Josh McDaniels just recently washed out of his second head coaching opportunity. I don't think anybody around the league has any doubt about Josh McDaniels' ability to create plays. Obviously his time with Tom Brady was successful for both of those guys. A number of Lombardi trophies they won together. But in the end, Josh McDaniels is not enough of a people person, not enough of a culture builder, not enough of a consensus builder to keep a locker room and a team together. He washed out in Denver. Now he just washed out in Las Vegas. It's hard to imagine another NFL owner being willing to give this guy a chance. He'd probably be limited to a lifetime offensive coordinator because in the end, coaching is teaching. And in order to teach people, you've got to be able to connect with them on a human level. The greatest teachers any of us have ever had, I'm sure between you and, and your entire staff at the radio station, all the listeners to this show, would be, would, would be somebody who we connected to. We connected to the material. We connected to that particular teacher. It's the same thing for a coach. You've got to connect those players in some ways, show them that you love them in order for them to buy in and be willing to run through a brick wall for you. Josh McDaniels never established that versus Mike Tomlin, Again, who's not known as an X's and O's and a great schemer, but has never had a losing season as a head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Huh. There's 
more to it than just drawing up plays. It's a people business in the end and getting people to do things that are very difficult and hard to do probably your number one skill set as a head coach. So to wrap it up, potentially the shift could be, or at least if you're successful, maybe the shift should be, instead of trying to sell to the fans and to the sponsors, focus on what you can sell to the locker room, which is ultimately coaches who know how to connect and deliver results, and then inevitably the wins will come and you'll be able to sell it to the fans and the partners. Yes, I I, I think sometimes the owners get caught up, oh, this guy coordinated the league's best offense last year. Again, that's great, but it's only great if he also comes with the ability to connect with players. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the ownership, I mean, you're, you've, as an NFL owner, you're a 70-year-old something person, and you've had tremendous success in some business adventure um, that usually has no correlation to the football experience. And you're going to lean upon that experience to somehow pick the right coach for, you, for this job. And I think that's why there's so many – awful hires in the NFL because these owners don't quite understand that in the end it's a human touch business, not a schematic or a stats business. Great points from Chad Brown and many more await at Chad Brown 94 on Twitter. And you'll be hearing them, of course, game two of our Virginia Talk Radio Network doubleheader on Saturday, 1 p.m., 1.30 p.m. is when it starts for NC State Virginia Tech. As soon as that wraps up, we'll be getting over to Chad's game. Florida at Mizzou. Chad, thank you so much for your time today in the fast lane. We really appreciate your sharing your insights so that we can grace our listeners with what you have to say. Uh, Thank you again, and we look forward to hearing you Saturday evening for Game 2 of our Virginia Talk Radio Network doubleheader. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, I always appreciate the conversation and have a wonderful weekend, my friend. Our pleasure. Chad Brown with us here in the fast lane. Again, grateful for his time and a great way to wrap things up. And a reminder... Yes, at Jefferson Forest this evening for Jefferson Forest Cavalier Football presented by TrostLaw.com. 6.30 p.m. East Coast Wings and Grill Tailgate Show for EC Glass at JF on 100.9 FM, the Virginia's Talk Station app, VirginiaTalkRadioNetwork.com, and ask your smart speaker stream WIQL Radio. So hang out with our sister this evening, then hang out with us throughout the weekend. Doubleheader of college football Saturday, triple header on Sunday, and stay connected. Trey Lyle VT, his social media platforms, Fast Lane Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're back Monday afternoon, 5 to 6, on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and across the Virginia Talk Radio Network.